are listening to the show with Sam and Joe. This is episode 154 for August 10th, 2017. This week, Joe is out with laryngitis, and in his place, I brought in a very special guest. We talk about breakups and heartbreaks, cute, tazzy boys, Game of Thrones, the Overwatch Summer Games, and what gross 7-Eleven food item represents us the most. So stick around for... The show. One, two, three, clap. Oh my God. I did it. So I did it. So Joe isn't here today. He's sick with gonorrhea. I mean, uh, laryngitis. And so I had to call on my friends deep, deep south of the equator. My dear friend Liam is here to fill in for Joe this week. Joe's dead. Long live mm. Liam. Oh, dear me. Say hello to Liam. Liam, how are you? Hello, Sam, and everybody else listening. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think Joe actually. I think you killed him. I think he's just dead. You Is had that the conspiracy that Joe's Joe's dead? He's in in my basement in a in a chest, um, mm. and he's just rotting away. Although he oh, was he point. was rotting away in real life, so it really isn't <laughs> much different. He's just in a cramped uh, and claustrophobic space. So anyways, yeah, so Joe is out this week. We uh, didn't have a podcast last week because there's four or five Thursdays in August this week. And we do we only do four podcasts mm. a month in order to save the patrons money and stuff like that. Joe mm. had this cold. If you guys aren't are, aren't catching up with Joe, if you I don't know if you know Joe. He's the other person on this podcast. Um, Joe had a cold last week. This week, I, he thinks it turned into laryngitis or something. I don't know, like, the actual details, but he sounds like he's been smoking for about 50 years, and he's only I 29. Mean, who knows? So, honestly, we who knows? So, I to. had to call in a favor to my friend Liam, twitter.com slash Liam Odearme. He's the uh, hunky Australian that does Drag Race reviews, and since Drag Race is over, he's been doing reviews of Game of Thrones. He has a YouTube channel. He's a content creator. He's an animator, he's an artist, and he's a dear friend of mine. Oh, and oh my so goodness, all those titles. I'm giving you a, a, a really, really good <laughs> introduction. The Khaleesi of the internet. Uh-huh. So Liam, give us a little yeah. uh, a, a little intro of who you are, what you do, oh, sure. what do you like, ASL, oh, what okay. kind of boys are you into? Mm-hmm. Let, the, let the viewers know. Oh my goodness, well, uh, my name is Liam. I'm a Sagittarius. Oh my god, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I am from Australia. Um, I do make YouTube videos. They are absolute trash. And uh, since RuPaul's Drag Race is over, so is my YouTube career. <laughs> so, so, okay, so um, Liam, Liam and I have been really, yeah. uh, we've been pretty good friends for a while. We were acquaintances, and we we started playing Overwatch together. Um, and he, he he keeps me in check because he he is is in Australia and knows so many things that I don't know because I'm I'm just a fucking asshole that lives in the U.S. Um, but Liam is a very very interesting to me because you are like in the animation business. You do a lot of work involving like digital art and things like that. Like I can barely draw a fucking stick figure. And so every time I hear you talking about like the work that you do in terms of animation, you've worked on some like interesting, like big budget things in Australia for like children's animation and other sort of cartoons. 
Um, could you tell the audience a little bit about yeah. that? What you do? Yeah, it's super. I, I'm super lucky to have the kind of job I have. Um, well, at the moment, I mean, I'm unemployed, and you know the dramas behind that. Oh, the drama! But, oh my gosh, it's unfortunate because the work I do is all very much contract based, and if there's no TV show to work on, then you have no job. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, what I do, I've had a number of different jobs inside of the um, cartoon industry. Um, so I've been a background coordinator. That was the longest uh, contract I've had, which is over three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was for a sci-fi show called Prisoner Zero. Ooh. Um, which I think it only, a lot of the shows that I've worked on, they've only really aired in Australia, unfortunately. Um, but that one was Prisoner Zero. And it was pretty much like a cartoon Doctor Who. Um, okay. In a way, except with big ships. Uh, that was big super fun. Big ships. Big ships. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And then I've also been a production manager, which uh, is a lot more... It's not really arty. It's really kind of boring, and it's just getting things done. Um, And that one was... That was Buttersnacks and Gumballs, which pretty much aired all over the the world. I'm pretty sure it was on Netflix and stuff like that. You're so famous. Oh, my God. Oh, you know, my name's been translated into 12 different languages around the world. It's, like, not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. (laughs) Um, And I've also been um, a 3D artist on a show that hasn't aired yet i did some um 3d character art Mm -hmm. um and my next contract that's coming up that was a little bit delayed is i'm i don't actually know too much about that project but i think it's for kindergartners um Mm -hmm. but yeah so i do a lot of um art for video games and uh kids tv shows and i just yeah i do a lot of that Kind of and management things like that. I just felt like I just gave a whole spiel of my resume. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what I asked for. It's exactly yeah. So if you're interested in hiring, hiring Liam for contract work, make sure to hit him up on Twitter because he's oh, a wonderful yeah. artist. Um, <clears throat> but one thing that we've been talking about um, recently is that you are so Liam is based in Sydney, Australia. Um, mm. Right, you're in Sydney. Um, yeah, at the but moment. not not for long because Uh-oh. you're going to be moving down to Tasmania, which I didn't realize was a part. Of Australia, I thought it was like a New Zealand situation where they like had independence or whatever. But it's you like a, it's like a state. So did I of Australia. <laughs> What's the deal? Mm. Well, I was in the same boat as you. I honestly thought. Well, I mean, I didn't. Not honestly, but I was a bit concerned. I need to have a passport to cross the Bass Strait. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the deal is, I was offered a new position, and there's been whole drama has happened with it. The drama. Um, it was pushed back, and I had gone down, and I had flown down, and I had seen apartments, and I had gotten an apartment. I had signed a lease, and then. Three or four days before I was meant to travel down, I was told that everything was pushed back. Uh-oh. Um, it was just such a drum. Sam was um, playing Overwatch with me at the time, and I blacked out. Yeah, they kind of had a little bit of a mental I, breakdown. It's, it's, such had, a, it's, a, it's a very adult, you mean, it, a lot of things in your adult life don't happen the way they're planned. There's always a goddamn wrench in the uh, works or whatever the fucking phrase is. I don't know, cup of fresh air, my asshole, whatever. Yeah, it was it was a time. It was like the worst forty eight hours after that because she told me on a um on a Friday night and basically she said yes yeah, so everything's pushed back. Sorry about that and uh, have a good weekend. And I was like God, God. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's how that happened. But it's all worked out now. The company's going to cover my expenses and it's blah 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 blah. But it's all good. Everything's fine. Everything's everything's totally fine. I'm not the, freaking the out. The thing at all. that's that's most important to me is that you were telling me that when you were down in. So what do the kids call Tasmania? Do they call it Taz? Like what? What's oh, what's the yeah. slang word for Tasmania? Because I feel like Tasmania is a long word to say. Yeah. Oh well, it's Tassie. 
Tazzy. Australians okay. don't have any time. We have no time to finish Tazzy. four words. We're very busy and we're very lazy. I feel so, so we just say worldly. Tazzy. Oh my god. Mm, mm. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my situation at the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel really. <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts, and every time somebody comes on that isn't the one, like the main host, because they're out for whatever, I just feel like I've been so. It's like the worst, and You've I just duped. need to apologize to now, everyone. But I will do my best. I'm going to do my best to make sure you have a wonderful commute to wherever Liam, you're going. Liam is here. He's queer. He's moving to Tassie. And the mm-hmm. one thing that I, I I'm curious about is you told me that the the boys in Tassie are pretty cute. So oh I'm going to need updates from you once you move to Tassie and tell me about all the cute boys. I just imagine that they're like all tan and beautiful and mm. lovely in every way. Well, when I went down there to look at apartments, my gosh, I was just blown away because well, you, I um, you, you, you told me been... that you that you you looked at the local produce per se. on grinder. Mm. Mm. I had a little look. I opened up the, the grinders. Just window shopping. Just, just window oh. shopping. Just window. I just wanted to see what I'd be getting myself in for, because mm-hmm. um, I haven't dated anyone in like two years. Well, honey, honey, gone. if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. No, I mean I'm fine. I'm fine. I mean I can just I just there are things out there that can just get you through. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. no need. You have two hands. You can deal with it. Two hands. <laughs> <laughs> two hands, honey. I only need one. I only need one. Um, but yeah, so I had a little look on Grinder, but before I went down there, I used the um the Hornet app and I did the little pin location. And, so okay, so and I skulked around to see oh the God. um who was on that area. Ooh, see um, I, I I've heard of Hornet before. Hornet is another uh, it's a it's another is it an exclusive gay dating app? Oh yeah, it's 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 definitely just one of the just for the gays. So there's there's Grinder, which mm. is the most um popular one then i feel like behind that is scruff and then mm. hornet is one i think there's one called squirt oh that's such oh a horrible name um, oh but i feel like that hornet oh. isn't nearly as popular up here is it a popular thing in australia oh i don't think so um okay. i mean there's people on there i was told by a friend of mine that i using grinder was because i was going through a stage where i was like liam just wants to have sex with everyone I oh my god it's like it's like everyone else in the world going through that goddamn yeah. stage yeah yeah <laughs> and he said oh honey you're on the wrong app you need to go over to um hornet that's where all the, the i feel, the I feel are like and, i feel like it's a scam i feel like that person was working for hornet and was like hey you need to move over to hornet because mm. no one's over there and we need people on our app. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him, you know. He's a sneaky little guy. Mm. But um yeah, no, he told me to do that and I went on there and um there it's basically all the same people that are on Grinder because you That's go and what I found. And you see like all the all the people and then you open up um uh, Hornet, and it's all the same people as well, but it's the more desperate ones still there. So <laughs> well, that, that's, that's probably kinda, white. That's kind of what I what I'm thinking. Also, if you hear a meowing in the background, it is um, Richard. Uh, uh, so mm. shout outs to our special. We have two special guests this week: Richard the cat and Liam O'Dearmy from YouTube. I'm actually mm. taking care of my roommate's cat for the past um, two and a half weeks, and he won't shut the fuck up because he loves oh. attention. So if you hear meowing, it's it's not me. It's not Liam. It's Richard. It um, could be me. Sometimes I just meow. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the culture's just... like in Australia. I don't know what happens, you know, <laughs> south of the equator. But regardless, what I what I found is um, that Hornet. I feel like that like some guys, um, if they <laughs> if you block someone on Grinder and you have mm. other apps, 
they'll like try to hit you up on apps you haven't blocked them on. <laughs> like oh, it's like no. real desperate. And I'm like, <gasps> I understand, but like it's it's like the it's like the runoff. It's like the runoff mm. from Grinder goes on just like scruff and and Hornet and stuff. Unless I'm totally wrong. I mean, like I we well, ha- we have I mean, we have homos that listen to the podcast. Let me know if I'm totally wrong. Maybe Hornet is your exclusive app that you use wherever you live. Please let me know because I I'm ignorant. I don't know. Well, have you ever been that person though? The one that's on the other end, the desperate one. Have oh, honey, that that's one? me. Like every Friday, and then I yeah, like, I'm- and, and then I, I I like I jack off, and I'm like over it, and I'm like I feel like horrible for being so fucking thirsty. But yeah. you know what? That's kind of it's the game. It's kind of the game you play. You know. Mm, I get, but, but how far did you go? <laughs> I don't go that far. How crazy did you get? I, I don't. In that I don't situation. get that crazy. I just like sometimes when I'm like really in the moment, like I just message someone a little too much and they're not replying. You know. But oh. then I feel like that I know how to back off. And I know how to like be like, okay, you're obviously not interested. I'm just like horny. I just need to take care of this. And then everything's going to be fine. And then I'm just going to regret hitting you up like three messages in a row without you replying to me. That's about as far as I go. I don't like go on to multiple apps after they block me. I'm not that bitch yet. Who knows Mm. in the future? Um, What about like in a romantic situation? Like that sounds like very it was it was more of you were trying to get a hookup with them. But what mm -hmm. about like if you were romantically interested in them, have if you ever gone? Rom- I'm obviously fishing here. Oh no, no, I, I love it, honey, honey. There's a lot to catch here. Um, in the romantic sense, I'm not sure if. Uh, I mean, I feel like that if it's if it's more, I feel like I'm more desperate when I'm horny in terms mm. of like, yeah, uh, I, I in terms that. of affection and communication and like wanting someone to acknowledge my existence. Um, rather than in a romantic sense, because in a romantic sense, I feel like I'm more interested in them, in their personality and more interested in their um, like who they are as a person and less about what's underneath their belt in a sense. Um, and so <sighs> I feel like that my since my hormones aren't raging in that specific way, I feel like I can kind of like I feel like I'm not nearly as desperate with someone that I am like crushing on. Compared to who I'm horny for. And this is just a me situation. I know that people are the complete opposite of that, where they get like boy crazy in the sense where like, I want, I want to like live in a cabin in the woods with you. And I want to like be your forever boyfriend and stuff like that instead of like, oh, I'd want to bone you so bad. (laughs) So you're, you're more the romantic um, person. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I've tried to do, um, oh my god, I think we said we were like, we don't have to talk about sexual stuff so much. (laughs) Oh, honey. I'm all for it. I'm ready for this. It's just so funny. It's so funny how it just happens. But Mm -hmm. yeah, so I've, I tried to do, I've tried to do the hookup things and I tried to do it once Mm -hmm. and it just wouldn't work for me. But it's not like it, it wouldn't work for me on a like an emotional level it, it like oh this just didn't do it for me or whatever but it's yeah. like a physical thing as well mm-hmm. like it's that kind of thing like i can't seem to i mean i can make the whole thing work and that's yeah. fine it'll work but it's um it feels like it's a lot harder to make it happen when i'm not emotionally like in love with the person yeah so if, you're, if, you're, if you're not emotionally invested it doesn't seem worth it to you well, it's not even that it like even my body doesn't really make it work mm-hmm. well. Either. You're just you're Is just like thing? physiologically not interested. No, like if I'm not in love with the person or have mm-hmm. like an emotional connection with them, like if they're just someone I've spoken to for like five minutes and then suddenly we're naked in a bed. Um 
it it just takes so much longer for me to be able to make it work. Mm-hmm. It's awful, but um, I don't I don't think it's yeah. awful. I because there wasn't there isn't there a phrase for that? Um, only uh, sexually attract. We're googling this attracted. Oh, the Google thing for the 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 week. Uh, only okay. Hold on. Autocomplete. Only sexually attracted to someone you love. There's a word for this. Demisexual. Oh yes. Demisexuality. I do someone telling me I was that. According to wiki.asexuality.org, I don't know why it's under the asexuality umbrella, but let me just read this. A demisexual is a person who does not experience sexual attraction unless they form a strong emotional connection with someone. It's more commonly seen in, but by no means confined to romantic relationships. The term demisexual comes from the orientation being halfway between, quote unquote, sexual and asexual. Nevertheless... The term does not mean that demisexuals have an incomplete or half sexuality, nor does it mean that sexual attraction without emotional connection is required for a complete sexuality. In general, demisexuals are not sexually attracted to anyone or any gender. However, when a demisexual is emotionally connected to someone else, the demisexual experiences sexual attraction and desire. Yeah, that's me, honey. It sounds like you. <laughs> but it sounds like that you're, you're demisexual, but you're also like gay. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Demisexual. Demi demi homosexual. Demi homosexual. That sounds mm-hmm. like a the next Lady Gaga song. Honestly, Something. I mean who demi homo- Actually, that sounds like a, the the album name. It sounds like a bad Demi Lovato like uh-huh. spin-off band. Demi yeah. homosexual. Mm, well, the reason I ask about like the crazy boyfriend, like not the crazy boyfriend, but being um like so crazy Lee. Mm-hmm. Boy crazy obsessed with someone is because i i've i've been that person once and i'm not proud of that situation well, the, thi- the at thing all. is is like like girl like my first relationship that i was in with like the boy that i talk about that lived in new york like i first relationship first i mean it wasn't like relationship but it was the first big relationship i had you know you think you're in love with someone and you, when it's your first you know romantic excursion with someone with like opening up to having them experience your deep feelings etc Sorry, I'm burping. Um, You are vulnerable and you feel in that moment that they are the only person that can make you feel this way. And when you're young, um, you don't have experience with other people making you feel with like these butterflies in your stomach and making you feel loved in a sense and giving you that sort of connection and giving you that sort of like emotional romantic support and so when that ends, you're like, holy shit, like, I'm never going to feel this feeling ever again. And it's like straight in the depression hole, like, like <sighs> straight down, honey. You s- hit the nail on the head with that one. Oh, well, I'm, I'm so glad yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you know, telling the future. But like, girl, I, I, the only reason why I know is because I've been there. I've, it's like, I feel like it's it's the it's the first heartbreak. It's the first big relationship, the first heartbreak. And it's it just that fucking sucks. And then you hate boys yeah. forever. So well, that's I mean, well, the guy that I was fully obsessed with, um, he was he was like my rebound guy after my two year relationship. Oh, I so met him. Interesting. Yeah, like so, I had a, a two year relationship, and then we broke up. And then two months later, I met this really, really, really good guy, and we went on a bunch of dates. And I like was trying to take it super, super slow because mm-hmm. I had just gotten out of a relationship. Um, and he did like there was this first kiss situation Ooh. where I wasn't I wasn't going to make that move to do the first kiss. It was like after the third date or something. Mm-hmm. And we were in his car and he had just dropped me off so I could get into my car. And 
it was that weird, awkward moment where, like, oh, do you want to do this again? Like, trying to feel it out, have, yeah, how yeah. the other person's feeling. And I think I asked the question, oh, so um, did you want to do this again or whatever it was? And he gave me an answer, like, yeah, I want to do this again. Like, he was shocked that I even asked that question. Oh, okay. Um, and then there was, like, this awkward pause where, like, maybe we would kiss, but it didn't happen because I was really reserved. And I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll see you again. So I got out of the car and I got in my car. And then he... Um, he like drove off for a little bit and then he turned his car around and then drove it in front of my car, like kind of stopping it from moving, which Ooh. sounds like a horror film. Oh my sounds God. Like a you're going to get, get stabbed, honey. I'm gonna, no, but it was actually really sweet. And he got out of the car and then jumped into my car, kissed me, said bye and then left. That's actually and really that cute. Was like, it was so sweet and it was so cute. Um, and then we went on one more date after that and it went really, really well. Um, and then... I think we were on another one or what it was, but I was sitting at work and I got this super long message and it was just explaining how he had like all these, these things that were going on and he, he didn't feel like right now was the right time for this and all that stuff. Mm. And I kind of, ex- I accepted it at the time, but um, like in hindsight, I feel like he really did give me all the answers to why, um, why it wasn't going to work in that moment. But because I was so, uh, heartbroken from my last relationship and then I was kind of feeling it all over again in the yeah. span of like three months I was like clinging on to him yeah, um, totally. and then he moved to Iceland and never Bye. replied to any of my text messages <laughs> <laughs> oh talk about a ghosting I mean that's not really ghosting because he like he, he tried to let you down gently and then he booked it for Iceland well he never told me he was moving to Iceland I found out via Instagram he has blocked me on everything by the way Uh-oh. because I try I, you know how you were saying how you were you were that bitch you were that bitch bitch. i was that bitch sam and i'm so unproud of myself but i was in my head i was trying to get answers of why we weren't talking when he he fully he gave me a very long like essay of why it wasn't happening at that time and i just wasn't getting it here's my Um, dissertation on why this isn't working right now yeah and Mm -hmm. you know what i I wish i could say that was when i was 18 sam that was two years ago but the thing is you can (laughs) that was like how how old are you? You're 23? I'm 23. I think I was, I think I was 22 when mm-hmm. I did that. Oh, God. But the thing is, is like, like emotional, ma- emotional maturity comes when you... It, it comes at different times for different people. I think I, I talked to Joe about this a couple podcasts ago. Um, and someone like kind of mentioned to me... I think I was listening to a podcast or I was listening to like a talk about like LGBT people in high school. And... For straight people, straight people get to have an in general, I'm generalizing because not all straight people, but in general, straight people have their first love and their first crush and they lose their virginity a lot of the times in high school. So they're having this, this, uh, the, their first bouts of, of emotional distress and romantic distress and, and heartbreak and love and whatever the fuck it is when they're 15 to 18, 16 to 18. Um, mm. for gay people, we, it's like we're, we're stunted. Our growth is usually generally, I'm generalizing, stunted. And a lot of gay people uh, or LGBT people, people who are not straight, um, experience this emotional, um, this first bout of, of emotional distress and heartbreak and romance, usually in our college years, if not later in, in life than that. So it's like we're, um, we're emotionally, 
not nearly as mature as our straight counterparts because we weren't comfortable or we didn't have there weren't people like us in high school to experience these these heartbreaks and romances with. And so we didn't even have an opportunity to learn from our mistakes when we were younger. And so we experienced these these first heartbreaks and things like that, usually in our early 20s. And so that makes us and it makes us feel weird because we're looking looking at our our straight friends and non LGBT allies out there who have gone through this and we're like, how the hell are they dealing with this so well? Like how how can they get rejected all the time and go through relationships and whatever and they can they can bounce back better than me? Well, it's because that a lot of us have way less experience in this sort of realm compared to straight people, and I feel like we need to remember that. Um, when we're in the dating pool and we're and we we give ourselves a hard time when we're feeling bad after after a hookup or after, you know, if if a relationship doesn't work out or if someone lets us down or or whatever, like a lot of or us they move to Iceland or they move to Iceland. Who knows? <laughs> the thing is, is like there's no point of kicking yourself while you're down, because a lot of us like I, I don't have nearly as much experience dating people as like my straight bro friends or my straight girlfriends. Because mm. the dating pool isn't there usually when we're when we're the same age as as they were in high school when they're starting to get their first loves and et cetera. So I, I, I don't think that it's I don't think anyone's broken if they're having their first love or whatever in their in their early 20s or even later in life because people have different experiences in life and they they, you know, bloom at different ages just depending on their social situation. So I think it's totally fine that you were fucking boy crazy two years ago because it, yeah. as long as you're learning from it later on, I, then it doesn't matter because, like, we all, oh, we all yeah. learn from our mistakes, right? Like, I'm not going to do that again. And I think it kind of, um, it definitely shut me down as well after mm-hmm. the break. I was just like, no, I'm not going anywhere near boys. And I think it was really good for me because I've learned to be single again and I love it. And it's going to take a really amazing person to break me out of being single. But mm-hmm. when I go to Tassie, dating Liam's going to emerge again. He's going to have girl. his own place. When He's in gonna- Rome, He's going to try and do different things and he's he's going to just, he's going to do it. Dating Liam's going to blossom and he's going to hop on Grinder. I've already been speaking to a beautiful Indian boy. He's going to be my Sri Lankan prince. Ooh, girl. <sighs> yeah. It sounds lovely. like an amazing, amazing experience. It's, it's interesting because I don't usually get to talk about these things with Joe because Joe is just so happy for him and so worried uh, for me uh, all the time because he has this wonderful boy <laughs> and whatever. And it's uh, like, I, it's sometimes it's nice to talk to a fellow struggling youth in the <laughs> dating world, not really struggling, yeah. but, you know, someone who is, who doesn't have a relationship locked down. It, it isn't like, you know, basically having children. Like, Joe has, like, three cats that he visits when he goes and sees his boy in D.C. And I'm just like, you're basically a mom now. Like, what mm. the fuck is this? Like, come on. Um, he deserves so, it, though. I that, know. That he boy. does deserve he's it. Been, well, he, he's been, he was single then for... A long, long time. Long time, yeah. And you know what? If Joe can get a man, anyone can get a man. <laughs> Zing, you burned him. <laughs> That's shade for Joe, but you know what? He can't say anything because he has laryngitis or whatever. So he can't oh, even yeah, clap back. You um, have to take advantage of this situation. I know. But I just have I, to I talk mean, mad could... shit about Joe on his own podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. Please do. Um, but yeah, I could definitely trail off on the... Um, 
on what you're talking about, like being gay back in younger. But we have a question about that, so I'm gonna we I'm do gonna we hold do. off on that until later. So we've we talked about um, boys for for far too long, about 25 minutes. So let's let's talk about some other things because it's not all about boys, even though it seems like it is. Um, Joe doesn't watch Game of Thrones, so I feel like um, if anyone is watching Game of Thrones right now, potential spoilers or whatever. Um, Liam has been doing Game of Thrones recap videos on his YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Liam O. Dear Me. Phonetically yeah, how it's spelled. That, that username is just the worst. The way I kind of tell people how to the do decisions it is it's Liam O. Dear Me. And then it's all one word, so you bring it all together and you take out the H and you're good to go. <laughs> there you go. I, it's That's the, the decisions we make when we make our usernames when we're like 11. Right. Yeah. And it, the worst thing is I made it and because my name's Liam O'Leary. Mm-hmm. And then um, one of my friends in high school just said, oh, Liam, oh, dear me. Because I was really dumb in high school and I and would it tell just him stuck. what I just got in mouth. And it stuck. And um, I, I named my channel that. And I put it in all caps because at the time, what the buck was doing. Uh, um, oh, rest in what peace, you should Michael do when Buckley. You started. Yeah. When you start a YouTube channel and he says, well, I put my username all in caps. So it was eye catching in the comments sections. That is such like a YouTube 2007 thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stuck with that forever. Well, I think you can have it changed, but I won't because everything is like it's it's yeah it's attached um, to you (laughs) yeah so game of thrones i don't know if anyone watches game of thrones um i'm assuming some people who listen to the podcast do except for joe um game of thrones has been going on forever liam you've been doing recaps on game of thrones um i have so what are your thoughts on this most recent season how many episodes we have we had so far i think we've had four episodes in season six yeah we've had four now um look i think i I come from a very, I'm a very basic, basic person when it comes to Game of Thrones because um, I never read any of the books. I think you read some of the books, didn't you? Oh, no, honey, I can't read. You, oh, you don't read, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what what oh, I think Oh, you... honey, me <laughs> that, reading, that... I, I, just, okay, here, he's, Liam's just trying to butter me up and he's just telling fucking lies to everyone. It's like, oh, you read, uh, right? Like, oh, Liam. Like, oh, you know, you, I you know how to get to me, honey. Oh, honey. Mm-hmm. That dead air was great. <laughs> um, yeah, no, okay, so no, you, uh, why did I think that? Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, well, I'm very, like, I've just watched this, the, um, from the beginning of it, but I can't remember people's names. I barely remember the plot or the reason why people are there. So mm-hmm. a lot of the time I watch, I watch the show and I'm just very dazzled by the effects mm-hmm. and I just, I'm loving the story, but some, some things are happening in this. Um, Cause you know how all of the, all the family of the Starks are all coming together. Right? Exactly. Yeah. They're all, um, it's like a, f- it's like a goddamn family reunion. I'll also, I would correct is. myself. I said that there were six seasons of Game of Thrones. We're on season seven. Excuse yeah. Me. And the, and the last time that we saw all the Starks together was in a, a season one. Exactly. Which is ripped crazy. Apart for like five seasons. So now they're all coming together and you know how, like on the, for those who, for those who aren't watching Game of Thrones, um, it's mainly about the Starks and there's all these brothers and sisters and they've been thrown apart and now they're all coming together again after all these traumatic storylines that they've had mm-hmm. they've um, all been they've all been places Henny. yeah and like you know how like reek but he's not reek he's theon Greyjoy. Mm-hmm. um it, he's been reunited with Jon snow and there was this whole drama that happened in season two with them yeah and um 
I like completely forgot that he was even a part of the Starks because I mean he's lost his bits in between now and then. He was oh, turned yeah. into Gollum. Now he's become a good guy, but then he's become a bad guy. It's like this whole thing, and I just I've forgotten all of these storylines and where they've come from. Mm-hmm. He let um, his he let his his butch lezzy sister get captured. Yeah, she's gonna be so pissed when they meet again. Oh so god. I mean, I, I am, this episode, a lot has happened in this season so far, but I feel like this episode four was the most action-packed. It was totally. so, oh my God. It sh- and I mean, Khaleesi was using that dragon like a goddamn Pokemon. Yes, <laughs> she was. Burning down that whole uh, army. But I thought um, this episode in particular, I thought it was really, really good because we got a lot of, um, a lot of what we've wanted the whole like last couple three seasons well, since it, we it, saw the dragon it took you know, we've, seven we've got it, that. It, it took us seven seasons to get like a battle between two of the main storylines in in this episode we finally had Khaleesi Daenerys um and her dragon intercept Jamie and yeah. some some of his 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 Targaryen army or not the Targaryen army the Lannister army and so we have these two like it took seven goddamn seasons for this big you know, collision between two big storylines. And I thought it was good. I thought it was, it was well worth the wait because there was people on fire. There were Mm. like people shooting at this giant fucking dragon. Like, like there were horses everywhere. There were the, the goddamn, what are, what are, it's not the unsullied army. What was the army with the, the the big beefy guys. Oh, the dra- the Dragoffs, the Drogoffs, the dr- yeah, yeah, the, uh, the Targaryen. No, not the. Oh God, I can't think either. I don't. Oh, I'm the wrong po- person to ask. But they're they're like um, they're kind of like they're not barbarians, but they're they're kind of like um, barbarians. Car uh, the call Drogo. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, you you were very close there. That was that was very very close. Um, I can't think of what their real name is, but it was really nice to see them fighting. The, the Dothraki. Really cool. That's what they're called. Yeah, the, the Dothraki people. The Dothraki. That's it. Yeah. Um, because we've seen the Unsullied fight a fair bit, um, mm-hmm. but we haven't really seen them fight. Um, but I thought it was great. I thought it was really exciting. I think um, like the episode before was really traumatic mm-hmm. with the um. You know the the mum and her daughter, and she's going to watch her rot to death. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That was a lot. That was a lot. That was insane. <laughs> that I mean, was but you know, so the much. thing is, is like you. I, I don't think I. I don't. I don't expect anything less from Cersei. I expect her to be a crazy fucking psychopathic bitch because that is like that. That is in. That's on the plate for Cersei. Like that is such a Cersei move to make is to. To chain a mother and daughter up that betrayed her and and killed her daughter, poison mm, yeah. the daughter, so, it- and then force the mother to watch the daughter die and watch her decay right in front of her eyes. I'm just like, yeah, that sounds like something Cersei would do. It is very much, which actually brings me to, um, you know, the grandmother, the one we all love from the, what's the house that she's out of? The, um, oh, the, you know, the, the House of Thorns. Killed? Yeah, the House of Thorns. You know how I was really disappointed with the way that she died. I mean, I was oh, really? happy that she, you know, didn't die in pain, but I was really expecting her to start bubbling up like, um... Um, 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 you know, the son, I can't believe I've forgotten his Joffrey? name. Uh, you know, the king, the prince, the king, he died. Yeah. The, Joffrey. We, we all hated him. Was that, was that Joffrey? You know, 
Yeah, Joffrey. God, why did I forget his name? You know, you know how when he had the poison, he bubbled up and it was really gross. It was yeah, he turned into dying. like an Oompa Loompa and then he died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was expecting him to lean in, um, Jamie to lean in and go, "Oh, Cersei knew," and then to have the grandmother like bubble up like start an bubbling up and, and convulsing. But the thing is, is like, okay, so that's House Tyrell. That's Elena, Elena Tyrell, is who uh, we're talking about, the, the grandmother. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is like she didn't she didn't fucking deserve that. She didn't she she didn't she does she does not deserve to go out in a way that's like that's you know gross and disgusting. Like she has been the most dignified, you know, salty ass motherfucking shady queen the she's entire great. Game of Thrones. Like she's one of my favorite characters, probably my favorite character um, of like all of the seasons. I, lo- I loved her. So I, I she don't like the vagina ghost that killed the gay character. Iconic. Uh, hashtag. I, didn't that happen? Like the thing is, is like with Game of Thrones, I feel like things that happened seasons, like seasons, seasons ago, like season three, season two. It feels like I'm referencing like a a, a, a land distant past, like a like a yeah. different goddamn TV show. Because so much has happened since the beginning of Game of Thrones. It's like absolutely insane. But I, I I understand the the want of Elena like of seeing the effects of the poison. But I I think that she deserves to go out with dignity, and I'm glad she got to get the last word on word in and tell Jamie that it was Elena that poisoned Joffrey at his own wedding. And I was like, yes, Queen. I mean, I feel like that we we knew that we knew it wasn't Littlefinger. We knew it wasn't Sansa. Um, and Elena, I thought we always knew it was her. I thought well, I thought that was already known to us it, that it, it was her. It, it was known, but it was only mentioned once, and it was when Elena was talking to Marjorie, and she was oh. like, and she was, I, I think she said like, you don't think that I would have let you marry that horrible monster, that's would right. you? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and that's but right. I guess that was the only time that it was really referenced, and so a lot of people didn't really catch that when it happened, mm-hmm. um, and so I guess more people yeah, were surprised think, it's, than it's so- than they should have been. It's so in Game of Thrones, um, like history to not give the audience what they want, though. Like, you're yes. like, we wanted, I- I'm in that boat with you as well. I'm so happy she died with dignity and she mm-hmm. got to go out that way. But rarely Game of Thrones would give us that. Like, I'm surprised they didn't kill her in the gruesomest, most Yeah, awful it was unexpected <laughs> that they gave her a, a dignified death. Mm. Oh, definitely. But I mean, I, I, I'm really enjoying this season because episode, season one, people, and I don't want to hop on it too long because people are probably, you know, <laughs> some people don't watch it. But um, like the first se- the first season, everyone was telling me, oh, you've got to watch Game of Thrones. You've got to watch Game of Thrones. And the first season was batshit boring. Was well, the like- thing is, I feel like the entire first season of Game of Thrones was just getting you familiar with all of mm. the characters because there's about a fucking encyclopedia worth of people that you have to get familiar with in order for things to start making sense. Like uh, basically the, it, so the first season of game of Thrones, it takes a lot of, of attention. Game of Thrones. Isn't one of those shows in my opinion that you can just have on in the background because so much is happening and the things that are happening like affect the future of the show that you don't really catch later on. So you kind of have to pay. It's one of those shows that you actually have to pay attention for, you know? Yeah. Sorry about it. Yeah, and it's it's only until like the very end of the first season that you go, okay, I'm ready and I'm here for this. Um, right. Which, if people want to get into it, I don't want to really ruin it, but that's when the visual effects start happening, mm-hmm. um, and it's like the first, it's like the last ten minutes of the last episode of season one, and that's when you kind of sit up and go, I'm ready for episode one of season two now. Right, so, you're um, ready for it. You just you're you're all in, ready to go. Well, I feel yeah. like that that's an, enough of Game of Thrones. I mean, I I feel like people who we've spoiled enough for people who haven't seen it 
Um, I think that everyone should watch it because I think we've it's done amazing. An, we've done a great job of either boring people or, or ruining everything. Or ruining everything, which I feel like is definitely job. our job. Um, we do have some questions that we're going to get into, and we have our favorite things. But first, I just want to quickly mention that it is Summer Games 2017 for Overwatch. Um, oh, yeah. And I, let me tell you, I was not playing Symmetra this time last year. I thought she was a boring character. She didn't even have her her projectile shield yet. She was like a completely different goddamn character. She didn't have her Everyone. shield generator. And so get I, off her, get off her, honey. She's she's shit until you know. I mean, yeah, six she was. Later, in, yeah, she are. she got a lot better. But mm. everyone was was fucking coming over her ribbon emote. And this time last year, you couldn't buy the emotes. You had to get them in um, the loot boxes, which was crazy. And they fixed that. But damn, girl, Summer Games 2017 um, is happening. I think the patch went live yesterday. Um, there's some cute skins. There's some really not cute skins. But goddamn, what the first thing I didn't do was first buy the Mercy skin because Mercy is like a Greek goddamn goddess in her yeah. new skin. Oh, and then, then the second goodness, thing I did was pay beautiful. only 250 gold to buy the goddamn ribbon emote for Symmetra because she is a goddess now. And I love playing her. And finally, my life is complete. So what do you think eh. of the new Overwatch patch? Have you played it? What are your thoughts on Summer oh. Games 2017? Well, first of all, I mean, for people who know Andrew Arcade, he is quaking that it's only 250 gold. Because so, so, so many people bought loot boxes last year just to get yeah. that goddamn uh, oh emote. My, oh, my goodness. I mean, for, for people who may not know Andrew Arcade, he's a friend of ours. We were playing with him last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and that poor guy, he spent so many hours trying to get that ribbon emote and i'm not talking like eight hours of gameplay i'm talking like a whole week of 10 hours a day to get that and then just for it to come out 12 months i'm actually a little pissed to be honest that you can (laughs) buy that for 200 i like i i I could buy it and it was on sale because it's last year's emote so i only paid 250 gold to get this ribbon emote that everyone was like dying over i mean it was super cute it's super cute there's no reason why i bought it but yeah, I mean, it's so like, funny that I could just like boop, get it. Thanks. I, I, I'm like, I'm really happy that because I was super happy. I was able to buy the red mercy skin that I that I didn't get last year, and I was super, I was super happy about that. But um, I'm a huge Blizzard fanboy. I've been playing World of Warcraft since I was in high school. I've been following it for so so long. Um, and Blizzard has this reputation of doing this where they basically slap their longtime uh, players in the face mm. with um, it's. It's with World of Warcraft, um, you'll level up and you'll spend hours and hours and hours trying to get the best gear um, and getting to that like new item level benchmark. And then as soon as a new, like not even a new expansion comes out, a new patch comes out, suddenly they'll just give you what you've worked so hard for just so new players will be able to like keep up with you. Right, exactly. It's, and, like, it's it's been twelve months here. Here's her here's her freebie that everyone had yeah, to work for a year ago. Yeah, and I mean, I'm okay with that. I understand it. You know, they need to keep their subscribers up because it's mm-hmm. it's a business. You know, they need to keep that coming in. But they don't give you like a reward for doing it. Um, yeah. And I think I don't really know. Like with the ribbon, for instance, what I'm trying to say is, like, say you could buy it for two hundred and fifty. You've got the animation. You've got the ribbon. Awesome. But what I would really love is for people like Andrew who worked really hard and got that got that last year. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, well, they didn't work really hard because, I mean, I got it as well and it was complete luck. Yeah, but, it's um, very luck-based. But 
like maybe if the ribbon was gold or something, you know, just oh, okay. like it was a separate emote from what it is this year or Slightly different. Did something that was unique to to that first OG Summer Games. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be nice, but I don't know. Maybe I'm asking for too much. But I think overall, I think that the- um, I think that the summer games, these skins are beautiful. I even think, like, I know the uh, Junkrat skin was hyped up quite a bit, and that's I hate it. the least. I yeah, hate you hate the that one so skins. much. I, I love Junkrat. I, I play him a yeah. lot. I think he's my most played character in Overwatch, and he has this cricket skin, and it just looks ugly. Uh, like, but point uh, actually, blank, it just looks ugly. I, I personally think, like, I mean, I don't really like the concept of it, but I think mm-hmm. the execution is beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it definitely <laughs> looks like a cricket outfit, but I was like, why are you giving Junkrat a cricket outfit? Like I want, like I want Junkrat in like as like a tiki man or something fun. Meanwhile, we have fucking Grillmaster seventy six, which I uh, want really bad. He's like he's he's wearing goddamn socks with sandals. He's like grilling things. It's such like a dad emote. It's such a dad skin. It's so funny. And then all the gays, Blizzard gave the gays everything oh. they wanted oh with my McCree's God, those skin. Oh my goodness! And those nipples, and he's on the front page every now and again when you're about to play, and you just have to stare at his chest. Oh my! It's hashtag goodness. official. Overwatch um, is officially owned by the gays. Oh, there's yeah. nothing oh, you can do about is. it. But um, I mean, overall, um, I think you know the summer games for me is just really all about the skins. So it's not really uh, Lucio Ball. Who the hell? As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> yeah, like who? I don't know her. Um. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, I could really... The only skin I want is the Mercy one, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. I don't play Widow. I think it's pretty, but I'll never use it. Um, yeah, McCree, I'm not... McCree, I have yeah. about seven hours on him. Um, I really like the Reaper one, but I don't play him either. I've barely touched Junkrat, so I'm not going to be... I should, you know... Anyway, so mm-hmm. I really like it, but I think the only one I want is the Mercy one, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I'll, um, I'll probably just play frantically till I either get it or I get 3000 coins and then I'll move on with my life. But I think I'm not surprised that they did it again this year, but I am at the same time. Cause that was for the Olympics and now we've got, yeah, it, again. Anyway, it was kind of know. odd that they brought back the summer games because like the Olympics doesn't happen every year. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I'm, I'm happy. Place. I'll, I'll take whatever free content they'll give me. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we'll be playing overwatch. I won't be playing Lucio ball because I fucking suck. Oh Lucio god, we were so bad at that last night. That was um, so bad. I don't even want to think about that it. Was... It's triggering me. Um, oh, and so god. yeah, we'll we'll be playing Overwatch. If you guys want to play Overwatch, you totally should because Summer Games is currently happening. Anyways, should we move on to our favorite things, Liam? Mm. Mm. So, and no one's here to sing favorite things, so these are a few of our favorite things. Oh oh, now let me do your let me do your let me do your part. So Sam, what's your favorite thing? God, I should never say that ever again. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, Liam, my uh, favorite thing this week is uh, a Twitch streamer. I do enjoy ooh. Twitch a lot. I watch a lot of Twitch, twitch.tv, which is people uh, streaming video games, among other things, mostly video games. And um, you've been streaming too. I have a little bit. I haven't been streaming recently. I go in and out of phases. It's kind of like, you know, when I want to hook up with boys, which is like a phase. I'm just like, mm. sometimes I want to stream, sometimes I don't. I might stream more this week. Who fucking knows? No promises. But my favorite thing this week is a streamer, um, also a speedrunner, and really easy username, twitch.tv slash Andy. 
His name is oh, Andy. He, has, he was intelligent when he started his social networking. Yeah, girl. Um, so Andy is a really, really fun streamer. He uh, mostly speedruns a lot of things. He speedruns um, Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past, which is the Zelda game for the SNES, um, which is one of my favorite games. There's a huge community around the uh, Link to the Past speedrunning area and and things like that in the sense where people make custom ROMs of um, Zelda A Link to the Past and they like swap where all the items are. So like if like in the first place, you usually get a um, lamp in the house when you first wake up in a lot of these, it's randomized. They're called randomizers. And so you have to like find specific items to get into specific dungeons and they aren't in the regular places. And so people speed run these um, and they try to like get, fin- get to the end of the game, trying to fucking fr- find these items and get there. It's super, super fun. It's super fun to watch. It's a really interesting way to watch a game that I've played probably every year for like the past 10 years and watch someone play it and kind of have the rules reversed and switched up a little bit with all of these um, oh. with with all of these uh, different ROMs and different uh, hacks that people use to play the games. And there's lots of races that happen. He he races a bunch of other A Link to the Past speedrunners and stuff like that. He's a super, super fun guy, really chill stream. Um, it's, it's something I watch when I eat lunch. I think he streams just about every day around lunchtime. Um, so he speedruns A Link to the Past. I think he's like, uh, he's in some Rocket League um, championship league or something. I don't watch Rocket League, oh. aka Lucio so he's Ball. Straight. I mean, yeah, he is straight. Uh, <laughs> so he's straight. So he plays that. He plays Super Metroid. He plays a bunch of different games. But I think the majority of his time is playing A Link to the Past and a bunch of these weird versions of it. And it's super fun, especially if you're a Zelda fan, especially if you're a speedrunning fan. Um, his chat isn't horrible. They're actually a really nice chat, and he communicates with people all the time. It's just an all-around wow. good time um, at twitch.tv slash andy. I'll be there. You can come hang out with me when I'm just watching Andy. Mm. So I don't know how people do that. I have a hard enough time finishing a game as it is, let alone switching up the rules. Right, exactly. I'm just like, that's oh why I, I enjoy watching it, because I'm like, I don't think I could ever speedrun a game. Like, maybe no. if I really put my mind to it, but it's just like, I'd much rather watch someone else do it. You know? I bet he's really good at math. You Probably. Know, I feel like people like that are really smart at science and math. Yeah, I'll just watch someone else be smart since I can't be. Yeah, I feel yeah, I feel mm-hmm. that. But so, that's great. I love that. I love when you find people like that that you can just put on in the background or, or whatever. It's a good time. It's a good time. So my favorite thing this week is a Twitch streamer, twitch.tv slash Andy. Liam, what's mm. your favorite thing this week? Oh, well, my favorite thing is something that's a little bit older. It's about a year old. Mm. Um, and I've spoken to you a little bit about it, but um, I have some... Um, updated news about this person and this thing what um yeah i do i'm very (laughs) i know um so my favorite thing is this web series um called the gay and wondrous life of cal gallo oh yeah Um, and i haven't shut up about it when we've been playing overwatch so you already know (laughs) full Mm -hmm. well about this series um but so this is there's there's a few like really interesting things about this and the reason why i found um the series to begin with is because the creator Brian uh, Brian Jordan Alvarez, um, mm-hmm. the creator, uploaded the first episode again, um, like one month ago, because he had some copyright strikes on the original video because he used some music that he didn't have the rights to. Uh, okay. Um, 
So he took the, he didn't take the episode one down, sorry. He just, he re-uploaded it with a new song that in my personal opinion is better than the one that it originally was. But anyway, mm. um, and he re-uploaded it. And because YouTube's whole, the, the whole way that YouTube works has changed since the way it worked a year ago, um, they are favoring obviously videos that are longer and are keeping people's retention. So when he uploaded that and people watched the whole thing again and it has the word gay in it, it basically shared his first episode to every gay man on the internet. It blew um, up. It was all over my Tumblr. People were making yeah. gift sets of it. I was like, what the fuck is this? It and is it's just so fun. It is. So you haven't watched it yet, have you? You haven't I've gone watched, and I've watched the first episode and I've seen mm-hmm. gift sets. It's that gift set of of that of what's what's her name? Her name is Freckle. Freckle. And she's saying sometimes things that are expensive are worse. Oh my gosh. It's so if, just if you've so seen good. that picture like she, around Tumblr or on Twitter, it's from this web series called The Gay and Wonders Life of Caleb Gallo. Look, I mean, it's just, it's got it all. Like, it's got a really, the the story itself is rather basic. Like, it's nothing to write home about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's, um, the, what really makes this, like, one of my, I've watched it three times, Sam. Three You're, times. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm so into this. Um, <laughs> so the what, well, what makes it, what makes it so, it, it's what I want to be doing in the future future on my channel i want to be like directing these kinds of things Mm -hmm. the character development that's in every single character is so amazing for something that's only like an hour long and Mm -hmm. it's so funny and the characters are so interesting um it's just great it's fantastic but uh so if you do if you have seen it before you've checked it out i have some uh new information that's come out as of 22 hours ago oh my god breaking news with liam news with liam (laughs) Um, okay, so the creator, um, Brian, is a phenomenal actor. He's absolutely incredible. And I am so angry that Hollywood has not put him in, like, a, a range of different things already. But mm-hmm. what I found out is that this web series has now been picked up by Paramount Pictures. What? Uh-huh. And this is going to be created into a television series. No shit. Uh-huh. And I have a feeling, I mean, I don't know if it's because of this, but it may have been because of his re-upload that's done, that's, like, got their attention. I mean, it, um, probably because yeah. this shit went, went viral, essentially. Yeah. It went, went viral in the gay world. It went viral on Tumblr. Like, like Freckle is, like, a fucking, everyone knows her. Everyone knows her goddamn face on Tumblr now. Oh, she's a fantastic character. It's, she's just, so, it's so good. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, we were all hoping that looking was going to be our our queerest folk for the 20th century. And honestly, century, I'm glad, you know I mean? I'm glad it wasn't. I'm, I'm glad was, it's not. Cause it was bad. Uh, oh my God. I had to take so much Valium to forget. I ever watched that, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I am hoping and pr- because if this was to come out as like a first season, second season or whatever, it is unique. It is gay and it is good and i am so excited to see what he does but he also has a new i don't know if it's a new web series or if it's a new mini like a a movie a short film Mm -hmm. um but it's called everything is free and i don't know anything about it other than it's an lgbt short film but if it's done by brian it's gonna be amazing so my favorite thing is brian jordan alvarez and you can just search that on youtube if you want to look at it or you can just search um the gay and wondrous life of Caleb Gallo and sit down and watch that for an hour and you will not be disappointed. Great favorite thing, Liam. Thank you so much. I'm like, I'm so I'm excited that it got picked up, but um, Will and Grace better watch their goddamn back. 
if oh, this is coming. Oh, honey, if this is coming, it's going to just just dominate the world. Brian is incredible and he deserves this. He, he does. He does. Well, it's I'm so- ready. I'm going to have to watch all yeah. of it because I did watch the first episode. I've seen the gift sets, but I'm a hashtag fake fan because I haven't seen all of it. But I need to just sit my ass down and watch it. Oh, I hope you do. You won't regret it. Just even I don't know. Just I just just try. Just do. Just try. Okay. <laughs> it's good. so um, good. Favorite things. Uh, the mm. Twitch streamer. It's a really good uh, web series. But we have a couple questions. So, Liam, do you think you're uh, equipped to tackle these two text um, questions I got? Do you want me to read both of them or just? Yeah. No, I'll read them. I'll, I'll read them. You're, you're you're the guest. I've learned how to read this week. So I will read these to you. So our first text message is from Michael from California. And he says, um, being from California, um, you've realized I I have had a relatively easy life as a homo. I was wondering about your experience growing up in your states as the superior sexuality. Well, thank you. Homosexuality is the superior sexuality. Hmm. If you would share, I'm sure it would help some of our individuals. Sorry, I don't know how to end these things. Cool. See you. Michael from California. So basically what Michael from California is asking, and I thought this was a good question to ask Liam specifically since he's our guest this week and he's not from the States, is um, California generally, especially SoCal, is rather LGBT friendly. Um, It's rather liberal. It's rather open. So he's asking, what has our experience been coming out in the area that we live so, Liam, could, could, would you care to explain to us what your coming out experience was and what it, life is like being a gay youth in Sydney, Australia? Oh, well, this question's loaded. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, I, 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 how deep do you want me to get here? I, I got to keep it lighthearted, huh? Mm-hmm, just a little like, bit. Like, uh, try and... Try and keep it happy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, you know, Sydney, Australia is 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 really quite. I mean, it's liberal in terms of American standards. We've spoken about this before. Liberal is is a completely different thing here in Australia. Liberals yeah. are the bad guys, um, but uh, liberals very conservative here. It's not like what you guys know it to be. It's swapped in Australia um, compared to the yeah, US. Yeah, but I mean, I mean. Based in your terms, Sydney is is quite liberal, mm-hmm. um, so it's not too bad. But Australia is, uh, um, I mean, personally, I didn't have much of a hard time um, coming out as a, a gay kid. But in saying that, I didn't really come out until I left high school because okay. I went. Um, so I I grew up in in quite a Christian. Like family, mm-hmm. um, and I was an altar server, like an altar, uh, an altar boy for like mm-hmm. twelve years. I got oh my, my pendant God. from the church. Yeah, like I went to you were Christian, in it to win it. Um, primary schools, which is your junior schools, um, and then I went to a Catholic high school. Um, and I mean, it was really, 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 really Catholic. I, I my teachers were brothers. They were in white robes. It was a whole thing. The whole nine um, yards. So coming out in high school, in my mind, really wasn't an option. Mm-hmm, uh, okay. So I never really did that. But I did have a best friend of mine who came out in high school. Um, and he had a relatively okay time with it. There was a little bit of bullying going on, but nothing traumatic. Um, but I think my high school experience was quite interesting because while I never came out as gay, everyone knew that there was something different about me in this. All- it was an all boys school. something about that Liam kid. Yeah, it was an all boys school. So it was, it was very hyper masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember 
in a PE class and it was really, um, it, it's kind of stuck with me and, and it's a little bit dramatic that it stuck with me because it wasn't that bad, but at the time it really made me feel uncomfortable. Um, we were in a PE class and um, our teacher um, had been asked a question by someone in the class because uh, we were learning about sex ed. Oh, wait, are you guys, do you guys call it PE? It's like gym class. Yeah, That's, yeah, we call um, it PE. Personal education. Personal yeah. education. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, we PE um, class. I have to yeah, be careful totally. sometimes because the terms that seem so normal to me of so foreign sometimes. Um, so yeah, we were in that, and someone in the class asked, um, "Oh, so how does gay sex work?" Uh, what um, a question! That is quite. A, I mean, <laughs> there's a big difference between someone saying, "How does gay sex work?" and someone saying, "How does gay sex work?" <laughs> um, uh, the inflection is important. Yeah, it's like yeah. Um, anyway, he just asked the question and the teacher, you know, instead of saying, oh, okay, you know, this is a little bit of a, a gay sex ed tutor now because, you know, there's 30 kids in this class and the chances are three of you are homosexuals. So, uh, let me just, uh, run through this in a, uh, professional and, um, mentorship way. Okay. He didn't do that. He basically just yelled at the guy and said, they take it up the ass. And that was it. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> And it was really quite traumatic because I knew I knew two other kids in that class were probably gay as well. And we were all a little bit shaky at the time. So it kind of spooked us into even because he, he took it to such a sexual place mm-hmm. and left it there. And it, anyway, so it was um, it, it just didn't really cross my mind to come out in a, Christ, a hyper Christian place. Yeah, uh, it, it wasn't a top priority for you in your, in no. your Christian school. Yeah, and so the thing with that was um, I had a group of friends, about six six people were in that group, and we were all labelled as the gay kids, and we were all gay. Um, and everyone so they got it just right, kind of labelled but... us as that. Yeah, and we never came out. Um, and the really sad thing was they came from very Christian homes. Um, some of them were Lebanese, so they were all they were all different. To, it's very serious in their homes to, mm-hmm. you know, have children and get married and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, when I left high school, they completely stopped talking to myself and the friend that had came out as gay during high school. Okay. Just um, trying to distance I, themselves from the other gays. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, like, I came out directly after high school finished. I dyed my hair red. I lost a bunch of weight. I had this whole life starting at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing that I can, and it also happened to the other gay friend and he and I are still friends today. And the only thing that we can put it down to is that we were the only two that actually came out publicly and said we were gay. And I think uh, that okay. they just weren't allowed to have gay friends in their, their world. And it's really funny because now that I hopped on Grinder every now and again, I've seen every single one of them on Grindr. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Oh, and they're still, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, so like my, but when I did come out, it was really fine. Like my, my sister's gay as well. Um, she came out and she, she was fine. I've had no, um, I've never been personally harassed for being gay or anything like that. I've had some moments when I went out with a boyfriend and some guy tried to solicit us for sex, but I think that was a really isolated. Oh, honey, that's just my Thursday night, honey. <laughs> honey. honey. Um, but yeah, really, honestly, Sydney, Australia is really quite, um, really accepting place and it's really lovely. I think my situation just growing up in a really hyper Christian environment made it feel like it was a lot unsafer than it probably actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sorry to draw that out for so no, terribly no, 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 long. No, 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 that's a, that's a very good answer. So for you, it, you know, even though that you grew up in a, in a Christian high school and more some, a, a Christian environment, 
you didn't come out in high school, but you came out later after high school. And yeah, it's about 18. It's yeah, about 18. 18. Yeah. And, it, and it's, and it's worked out was, for you. Uh, she, yeah, I mean, it's been totally fine. I've never felt like I couldn't tell people I was gay. And my mom kind of came to terms with my sister being gay very quickly. So she kind of... By very quickly, I mean, it probably took her about two months. She was a little bit... She was a little apprehensive at first, but, you know, it, it, there was nothing she could do about it. And she loved Grace, so it was just kind of... There was, she had no option. Um, my mom's absolutely incredible. And then when I came out, it was like two days and she was already, like, buying rainbow flags and putting them up places. Um, I love my gay son. And, and my whole family has always been fine with me being gay. Uh, she told my... um. My mom told our family that we were both gay. My sister and I didn't want to do it. And my uncle is like very masculine. He fixes lawnmowers and drives trucks and all Ooh, this kind of stuff. Ooh, mask from mask. Um, yeah, I was a little worried at how he would handle it. Um, and the only thing he said was, oh, yeah, sure, Liam is, but Grace? <laughs> Uh, uh, everyone, <laughs> I've never had to tell people I was gay. Everyone just knew. Every, anyway, how I about wonder, you, Sam? I wonder oh, why. I wonder why people knew that you were gay. Hmm, I, I have never no put idea. my finger on it. Um, well, it's interesting for you because your sister's gay, and and your sister is your sister older than you? Yeah, she's older by um three years, but she's she's a very scary lesbian. Like I wouldn't mess <laughs> with her if I were you. So you either you either you either were fine with her being gay, or you didn't live. Uh, so, okay, I feel uh, like that's, that's, those are two good options. Those are two, you know, either you die or you accept your sister being a lesbian. I think that's, yeah, that's um, yeah. So for me, uh, so I I grew up in Montana, which is a state in the United States of America, um, and I actually came out in high school, which is weird mm. for a lot of people. Mm, um, I you're a I've, strong gay man. I've always been a little effeminate Nancy. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and when I was in high school, um, obviously like people are horrible in high school. People are horrible in middle school. I started getting teased for being effeminate and being called a faggot and stuff like that in middle school, which I feel like is very common for a lot of, uh, gay people to this teasing usually starts in middle school. Cause people start realizing that you're different. People start maturing in different ways. And so I got, you know, my, my, the bullying was minor, I never got like pushed into lockers or anything, but there were whispers and people would talk about me behind their back and stuff like that. But in oh. high school, I think it was um, oh sophomore year. So that's my second year into high school. I think I was 16. Um, and the first people that I ever told that I was gay were these two girls in my um, English class. And we were in the computer lab one day. And I think that they were talking about a boy that they thought was cute. And I was like, I think I'm going to tell them I'm gay. I'm going to agree with them and, and tell them that I think a boy is cute. And so I agreed with them. And the reason why I came out to them specifically is because I didn't really know them. So I thought that I didn't have anything to lose if I if I came out to these two girls in my English class, because if they didn't accept me, then fuck them, because I don't have any emotional attachment to them whatsoever. So I was like testing out the waters with these two mm. girls in my English class. They ended up being pretty good friends of mine throughout high school. Um, I think one became a massage therapist and the other um, is like a film critic now. Um, oh, God. Re- regard- she a food blog? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not vegan yet. Um, anyways, mm. so th- th- that was kind of how I tested the waters. So I tested on these two random ass girls in my English class. And I was like, oh, okay, this isn't bad at all. And so then one day, um, I think... I think there was probably the same year 
I was writing a letter to my parents um, coming out to them because I was too chicken shit to tell them with my voice. What is this, a Netflix original series, Sam? Literally. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the day and age when you're 16, you're on YouTube, you're looking up coming out videos in 2009. And so they mm. actually meant something. It wasn't just people trying to rake in views for a coming out video. It was actually people sharing their coming out stories. I could talk about coming out videos in 2017. I could fucking read people for filth, but that's not what I'm here for. Um, so I was this little gay boy, 16, looking up coming out videos on YouTube, trying to gather enough confidence to come out to my parents. And so I was like, OK, the only thing that I can do is write my parents a note. So I had a laptop and I was writing my parents a note in the dead of night um, <laughs> on my laptop. And my dad came into my room and was like, you should be asleep. Like, what are you doing? And he took my laptop from me when I was writing my fucking coming out letter to oh, him. Oh, no. And he took my laptop and he went downstairs and I was like, oh, Fuck, I am not going to live to see the sunrise tomorrow. I'm going to get fucking killed. Not actually, but you know how you think about those things when you're when you're a kid. Of um, all the days for him to come in and do of that. All the days to come in and like I, uh, I part of me is like would I rather have him catching me watching gay porn on my laptop or me actually like writing a heartfelt letter coming out to him on my oh. laptop? That's a good way to look at it. Um, and so I I wrote that to him and then he was like, hey, like, do you want to come downstairs? Like, I read your note. And I was like, yeah. And I came down and he was like, I'm fine with it. Like, you're everything's totally good. And I was like, what? Like, you don't fucking hate me. Um, so basically kind of that's how it went. My dad, you know, my dad and I didn't really talk about it until months later when I was like ready. And I came out to my mom and I was like, hey, like, I have something to tell you. Like, I'm gay, like whatever. And she's like, oh, she really didn't know how to handle it. And then she was like, well, do you want me to tell your dad? And I was like, sure, even though I already knows. So she she told my dad. And then my dad's like, yeah, I knew. He like wrote a letter and I read it. And my mom was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny. And then basically what they did oh. is they went to therapy because they didn't know how to deal with a gay son. And I understand that. They went to a therapist. This therapist that they went to was this huge butch lesbian. Thank God. Oh. This older butch wow. lesbian. And they only had to go to one session. And all the, the, the therapist told them was, you're, you know, no one ever knows how to raise a gay son. No one ever knows how to raise a child in general. Just love them unconditionally, you know, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Lifetime original movie, Netflix original series, gay people, mm. LGBT, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so they were like, okay. And then they were totally fine. And so it was just like a slow process of me coming out. Um, in high school, I like I came out to to people off and on and then kind of word spread. And what was interesting is coming out in high school gave me the confidence when people were like when people didn't know, like I was in gym class. Let's talk about gym class. We were oh, doing no. a rope tying unit or something because I think we were doing like uh, something to do with with rope tying. I don't know. It was some weird unit. And someone like mentioned something and someone I think I was talking or something. We were like in a group um, and someone like said a joke or something. Um, and I, I, I don't remember how it happened, but someone was like, you are gay, are you to me? And I was like, yeah, I am. Why? And he was mm -hmm. so taken aback because like people who make fun of people for being gay usually don't expect someone to admit it right in front of their face. And so he no, was embarrassed. He was like, oh, like I, like he didn't know what to say. 
And so it was well, like he having, just, it was like he having that power. You. Well, I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he, he outed me, but I was like in the process of coming out to people in general. So I had the confidence to be like, yeah, I'm gay. Like what of it? And so he was like embarrassed. He was like, oh, like I didn't know. Like, I, I don't know what to say. And I'm just like, yeah, damn right. You don't know what to say. Like, you can't use that against me anymore. And so that was the sort of thing that kind of uh, kind of kept the engine running was the fact that people had this power over me of like talking about me behind my back and be like, oh, like Sam's probably gay, like blah, blah, blah. And then just using it against him. being like, yeah, I'm gay. Like, what else do you want to talk about? And How far pe- can you go with this? What what else do you got to say? Yeah, exactly. What else do you have to creativity say? Creativity lead you. So I guess so. The experience is that I had a, a rather good experience being gay in high school as a young person and coming out. Um, in my state, I live in at a pretty uh, accepting area in Montana, which is Missoula. It's like run by lesbians. It's fantastic. Um, and but the fact is that not everyone has a really easy coming out experience. Not everyone has a really easy life living openly a lot of people can't live openly and i think the the thing that we need to remember as gay people is that um we need to not pressure people to come out as hard as it is because we don't know other people's lives i'm for in a firm belief that outing people is one of the most disrespectful things you could ever do to a person and you have to be patient with people Mm. Um, and also, you know, like when when you want to come out to someone, especially just someone like anyone, really, and we're constantly coming out to people like mm-hmm. even it's not just one. It's not be. just like a one and done. Like you, no, const- you don't you come out to color. people for the rest of your life. Yeah, you don't. Unfortunately, we don't turn pink or something. So then everyone just knows and don't, doesn't have to ask us. Anymore. We don't have a thing stapled um, to our forehead. Yeah, but it's it's like you have this, especially when you're younger, you have this feeling in your chest where you just want to you just want to let it out so people will just know who you really are. And then when someone takes that away from you and then you have to just start explaining yourself, it, it, it feels awful. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But yep. So I, I feel like that everyone has their own journey. Um, Liam and, and my journey are have been pretty easy compared to a lot of people. Oh yeah. Um, we've had a lot of privilege in our life having an easier coming out experience compared to a lot of other people in the LGBT community. Um but yeah, no, I I I I the only thing that I can hope for is I hope that other people have as easy of an experience of coming out and living openly and living as themselves as Liam and I have because it's yeah. it's been a real privilege to be able to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, also like with with my situation, I didn't feel like I was. I mean, I, I probably was being over dramatic, but I didn't feel like I was particularly safe to come out. And I think if anyone's ever feeling like they don't feel particularly safe to come out, or or that they might be um, at risk of losing their accommodation wherever they are, then there's no harm in just staying off until you're one comfortable with yourself and two feel safe to do so. Exactly. No one, no one should be pushing you into that. Exactly. That. Th- that's why I feel like it's very important to not pressure people into coming out because it can be it's dangerous for a lot of people to come out in certain situations. So I feel like the people come out when they're ready. Some people never come out. I just hope the only thing that I can hope for is that people can get to a place in their life where it's safe and it's and it's a good thing and it's healthy and it's a it's a thing that can increase their quality of life to come out and live openly. So there you go. Good question, Michael. Thank you so much, Michael from California. We have one more question, which is a little more lighthearted, and then we'll wrap up the podcast. Um, The question is, hi, Sam and Joe. Joe isn't here today. Sorry. Here's my question. If you were to be any kind of 7-Eleven hot-served food, which would you be? 
I'd be that gross hot dog that's been rotating on the heater for like 100 years. Fletcher from California. Well, thank you so much, Fletcher, for this wonderful question. I feel like it's a good fitting question to kind of end the podcast with because I feel like we're Mm. all kind of we all have that little piece of us that basically is the same as a disgusting piece of hot rotating meat in a 7-Eleven. Yeah. Um, So, Liam, there there are 7-Elevens in Australia, right? Yeah, there are 7-Elevens in Australia. They're where we buy our Krispy Kreme donuts. Okay. So if you if you were to be a uh a food in a 7-Eleven, mm. what would describe you? Well, do you guys have sausage rolls? Um, I think so. I mean we I mean we have hot dogs here in um in the US, but I know what a sausage roll right. is. Well they're nothing like a sausage. <laughs> 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 uh, um okay, so well yeah, so I'm a sausage roll. Okay. And basically what that is is it's just processed meat wrapped in pastry. And that's what I am. I'm and there's so many of them. I'm mm-hmm. a generic piece of meat wrapped in fat. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds like a really good. Yeah. That sounds like something I want. That sounds like that sounds like a good snack. Honestly. It's actually really nice. You there's many ways you can I haven't had one in the longest time because they're they're very they're not very good for you at all, but you put um like you can you can put you can put tomato sauce on top of them and then you can just chow down. Or what I like to do is I like to rip off the pastry and eat the pastry by itself and then and then eat the and eat the meat on the inside. So you just di- you um, you dissect the sausage roll. Yeah. Yeah. You could say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good one. I feel like so. So in America, um, it's not it's like it's we don't have any 7-Elevens in Montana because for some reason we ran them out. We have like um, locally owned like Montana specific gas stations, per se, mm. that have um, they're called like town pump is the what they're called here. We had 7-Elevens back in the 80s. But I think something happened. We ran them out, and it's it, it's become like a local monopoly thing that we we have. Um, okay. Regardless, um, in America, we have hot, and these are I only have seen these. You probably can probably buy them at the supermarket, but I've only seen these in like gross rotating meat things at like a gas station or Seven Eleven or a convenience store. It is a hot dog. But it is filled, it's like injected on the inside with some sort of like cheese. So it's a hot dog with like cheese on the inside (laughs) that's probably made out of plastic. Like who knows? I don't know how they get the cheese in there. I don't want to know how they get the cheese in there. You're lactose intolerant. Exactly. You should not. No one, I don't, it doesn't matter if you're lactose intolerant. I don't think it's safe to eat in general, whoever you are, to eat these things. But I feel like that describes me. I feel like I'm a piece of processed meat with some unknown fluid injected inside of me. Wow. That's beautiful. That's poetic. <laughs> is that a poetic metaphor? I feel like that describes me pretty well. What is with you Americans and rotating meat? Never have I ever seen rotating, other than like a spit roast. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not uh, talking about the sexual kind. I actually mean like roast rotating. <laughs> like the actual food, yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. That's I mean, we ha- I we have really rotating meat, like and then we inject that. weird things inside of it, like cheese. Yeah. Oh god. I'm Ugh. sure we have that somewhere down here. I just I, I've never seen it. You've just sure unknowingly been avoiding it. Hmm. Lord. Well, good questions. Thank you guys so much for sending us our questions. Um, we have a phone number that comes at the end of the podcast. We have an email address, theshowsamandjoe.gmail.com. All of these things happen in the outro. The outro is pre-recorded, so Joe will be in the outro. Um, 
because he always is. Um, I just want to give a big thanks to Liam Odirami, um for filling in for Joe this week. It was super awesome for you to be oh. here with me, Liam. I had a wonderful time talking to you about boys and Game of Thrones and gay stuff. Um, do you want to give yourself a shout out on your social media to let everyone know oh, where to find you? Sh- sure. I mean, it's Liam Odirami everywhere. Um, and that's just Liam Odirami. It's all one word and just remove the H and you should be good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you can just find me on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram, really. They're the only ones I kind of use. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this was so much fun. This is like a dream come true. I've been watching, not watching, I've been listening to this podcast since day one. And oh for my me God, to be thank you here? so much. Oh my God. You've worked up the ladder, Henny. You're here. Oh You're goodness. on top of the trash heap of the podcast. Oh God, yeah. It's 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 not where I belong, but in trash shores. <laughs> oh God. Well, thank you so much, Liam. I super, super appreciate it. We're going to wrap up the podcast Thank you guys so much for listening. And I'm not sure if Joe will be back next week. I assume that his voice will be uh, back in action. But we're just kind of playing it by ear. But I will be here at least next week. And we should have a podcast next week. Um, So we'll see you guys then. Thanks so much, Liam. And we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Subscribe to us on iTunes or via SoundCloud at the show SamandJoe.com. You can also support and help keep this podcast going by checking out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the show Sam and Joe. Patrons also gain access to exclusive content like bonus audio clips, music downloads, handwritten letters from Sam and me, or the opportunity to get interviewed in an episode of the show. We also have merch available. If you want a cup of fresh air mug, how to train your brain shirt, and more, visit our Spreadshirt at Spreadshirt.com slash the show Sam and Joe. Also, you can text us or call us and leave us a voicemail with your questions or comments, or hit us up on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the show Sam and Joe. And if we like what we hear, we may play your message in a future show. That number is 516-500-SHOW or 516-500-7469. We also want to give a big personal thanks to the podcast patrons who have donated $5 or more. Thank you to Alex P, Allison B, Julian S, Ben B, Eric H, Joshua L, Jazza, Kevin V, Kathleen E, Megan C, Kylon C, Vincent L, Pablo F, and Zachy. As usual, thanks to all our listeners, and we'll see you next week on The, the Show. show.